Monday morning. Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda joins us now. You can follow him on Twitter. Just look for Pat's Propaganda. The ashy, uh, the the uh, the ashy pencil-drawn uh, portrait of uh, of Bill Belichick. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, trying to. Uh, I was trying to enjoy the Super Bowl, but uh, that was kind of cut short, as is usually the case in Patriot Nation when uh, all kinds of news pops up almost D- immediately. Yeah, pops up indeed, I guess. Um, it, it's it, it was not your typical Patriots off season, and it was the the first the so far, and, and the first headline was made by the person who you would expect to never make headlines uh, of that. So, my first concern is what is the league going to do as an outlandish, uh, uh, come down heavy approach on Bob Kraft and the Patriots, or are they going to just you know throw the 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 normal book at him like they did with Ursay a couple of years ago? Do you think they double it? Do you think they triple it? What do you think happens to Bob Kraft? It's such a it's such a tough call because I mean as you can expect the NFL will probably definitely do the wrong thing, uh, but <laughs> I mean they I, if it touches anything to do with the football operation I think that's when uh, that's when we riot uh, you know these things are usually confined to the owners and to the fines and you know if you look at the precedent with Ursay uh, you know you would hope that it would follow along those lines but. Uh, you know, it's just—it's so hard to get a read on where this is going to fall on the NFL's radar because I'm sure this is something that plenty of the other owners could have been caught for, or you know, caught in the middle of something similar. Uh, you know, so we'll see what kind of precedent they look to set this time. Yeah, we'll see if uh, we'll see if they find the video. You know, I know sometimes that becomes an issue with the NFL—they can't find the video. <laughs> Of these things, they just can't. It just it never pops up for whatever reason. So, um, the uh, Danny Amendola dream is dead. Uh, he's he's going to be going to Detroit for uh, about the same money he was going to get paid in Miami this year. Um, it w- I didn't think he was worth the money last year. Like, what makes Detroit think he's going to be worth the money this year? I know. Well, I mean, you look at the guy who is just such a, such a tone setter, I think, and that's probably what uh, you know Mappers was looking for, just to you know try to set some of that tone that, you know, Amendola was known for. I mean, last year when he went to Miami, there was instantly, uh, you know, all kinds of positive reports about uh, how he was always there, working hard, doing all that patriots kind of stuff. Um, so I'm sure that's what they're looking for. I mean, at this point, I think Amendola's just trying to grab as much money as he can, and, uh, you know, I think he's happy to be reunited with, with uh, Patricia there. Um, you know, it would have been a nice story to bring him back, and, and it's always good to have some uh, Edelman insurance but i don't think you necessarily want the edelman insurance to be a little more frail than edelman is so uh they got the patriots got to turn the page at, at receiver i mean obviously they only have edelman really under contract as, as, a, as a sure thing which is a good sure thing to have but uh i think they need to go younger and, and kind of start to rebuild a little bit you um cole beasley or adam humphreys if you had to pick one probably adam humphreys i think uh you know i just i think he does a little bit more uh, than Beasley and Beasley seems you know, like more. You put him as that Amendola fourth wide receiver role with, with Edelman there, of course. I mean, it's, it's you know certainly insurance, but uh, you know I'd probably go that way. Um, but there's, I, I think they got to throw a lot at the wall, and you know Braxton Berrios is, is an interesting guy to keep in mind. I mean, I think he was injured a lot last year in training camp. Didn't show a ton. Never really got a real chance to. Uh, so he'll definitely be a guy guy to watch. And I mean, ideally, if you develop him. Well, I mean, you got him, and then uh, do, do we ever see Duke Dawson actually hit the field next year for the New England Patriots? Does that happen? Like, can we get an over-under on that right now? Because the the Duke Dawson uh, active-inactive reports always kind of had me rolling last year. Like, he was the next great Patriot. 
Yeah, well, interesting. I mean, you know, I think a lot of his uh, his early snaps in training camp that, you know, he was with the starters were just because Jonathan Jones was recovering from an injury. And, you know, uh, once Jonathan Jones came back, he didn't, you know, he was the slot guy from, you know, wire to wire. And that never really uh, opened up an opportunity for Dawson, who, you know, seemed exclusively kind of a slot guy. I mean, it was an interesting draft pick to begin with, especially where they like Jonathan Jones. I mean, I know he is a restricted free agent. So, I mean, his departure, if, you know, somehow some teams willing to swoop in and give him a bunch of money and, you know, match all that stuff with the restricted free agency process. Uh, then you might see Dawson, um, but otherwise, I think he's you know. But it's it's you never know with injuries in the cornerback, so you, you know it's good to have him waiting in the wings, so to speak. So we'll see how he does this year, uh, this summer. I'm Mike Duso with Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com. How much longer before we hear about Martellus Bennett? Because I feel like he's, <laughs> I feel like it's just you know we're in gonna the get, wings. We're going to get all the the brother tag teams going into the league at this point. I know it's. I, I know. I, I. I took me a couple of days to process the Michael Bennett thing. I was running around. It's. Uh, you know, it's not like the season where you're just sitting there by your computer, ready to fire off a take on uh, on Michael Bennett. Uh, it was just a crazy uh, acquisition, and then of course the reports. Uh, you know that Martellus might come out of retirement. I mean, it's. I. I went through such a process with Martellus. I mean, when he first got here, I thought, you know, this guy's maybe a little bit. Uh, too much of a fruit loop to be to kind of like fit into the serious football environment that that Foxborough is. Uh, but man, what a, you know, he came in one, I mean, not only the fans, but the coach is over. I mean, now it's almost like, <laughs> it feels like an open door, like, sure, come back whenever you want. Like, we got your brother, come on back for another season. Uh, you know, and obviously when they grabbed him the second time, uh, around last year. So, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's a, it would be a great addition. I mean, of course we would welcome him back. He was such a, you know, positive kind of influence around the team. And, uh, you know, if it, if it's something that would help keep Michael, uh, focused and uh, in line, so to speak, then uh, all the better. Do we know anything about his court case coming up? Like, you know, oh. is that a th- like? This kind of yeah, reminds me about. Remember when the Celtics got Marcus Morris, right? And we all had to sit through the felony trial. Like, this is what this reminds me of. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I I just was doing some digging on it. Yeah, his, I mean, this court case has been pushed. I think six times, and it's, it's scheduled for the end of March. Uh, right now, who knows if it'll get pushed again? But uh, you know, I think that was uh, some of the, the negative reaction you had to the acquisition. Is, you know, and, and and having that uncertainty, um, you know, as uh, as well as the other Las Vegas incident. It's all the you know, all of a sudden now we have to like talk about these things and dive into you know more off the field matters. Um, but you know, as far as on the field, I mean, I think Michael Bennett. Um, you know, is really the guy that, that it's this classic Belichick move. You know, he tries to grab these guys that intrigue him uh, at the end of their career and, and see if they have anything. And, I mean, they've run the gamut from working out like, you know, Randy Moss to not like, you know, Albert Hainsworth, another guy. And uh, so I think that's really what that move is, is about. Um, and and it's, it's good to always have some, some depth. Of course, now we're just wondering how that affects Trey Flowers. Talking with Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. So the odds Trent Brown and Trey Flowers turn into third-round compensatory picks for next year's draft are pretty good is what it sounds like. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, on, on Trent Brown, um, you know, I think I've kind of come around on them thinking Isaiah Wynn might be the guy, even though, you know, we really didn't see him extensively at left tackle, just a little bit. Um, it seemed, you know, when he was starting to come on before he got hurt, um, you know, that was at right tackle. But... I'm starting to think that that's probably penciled in, at least right now. I mean, I, I think you know, you look at the free agent tackle market, you know, down below the middle range guys, there really isn't uh, that Trent Brown kind of guy out there. But 
Uh, you know, of course, they got him via trade last year. So you know that if there are those guys that it's impossible to know uh, that they might be circling, at least as insurance. But I, I think right now that, that Wynn's kind of the guy. And uh, and as for Flowers, I, I just don't know what to think. I mean, Mike Reese, you know, said today that the Dolphins were going to be out on him. Uh, and, and the Dolphins were really where I saw, you know, Brian Flores going there and grabbing Trey Flowers. To You know, I mean, that guy's going to be a cornerstone. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that, that, that they're not. Um, and it makes me think that, you know, the Patriots are going to have a shot at him. It's just going to be a question of how overboard teams go on him. And I don't think he's an easy player thematically for teams to pin down. Um, so that might keep him, you know, within striking distance of the Patriots. So uh, I, I, the Patriots have tons of roster jiggering to, to do, I'm sure. sure. So it's going to be a really interesting couple of weeks. The You know, we were just talking earlier. Isn't it amazing, like, Adam Gase is going to get two cracks at going up against the Patriots with different teams in the AFCs. Rex Ryan had two cracks at it, okay? Ryan Tannehill might have a couple cracks at it, depending on where he ends up, because there's a possibility he ends up with the Jets backing up Darnold. Like, what... People get mad that the Patriots keep winning the AFC East, but honestly, they just seem to, like, run their thing like a well-oiled business, and then the Bills and Dolphins and Jets, like, truly, truly cannot get out of their own way. I mean, I think we all pretty much understand and feel that the Jets are going to sign Levy and Bell. Like, what are they getting with Levy and Bell? I'll ask you this, Mike. If if you had the choice right now between Levy and Bell and James White, who are you taking? <laughs> James White, no question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> every second of every day, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's just, it's just the same formula, you know. And they keep recycling these guys, and the fact that they do it in it, within the division, uh, it, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, I with Rex, I kind of got it because I think. When he had the team, he gave the Patriots a tough time. And, you know, I know record-wise it, it might not look like it. But they, you know, Rex's defenses held their own against the Patriots for a good chunk of time when they were, you know, in their prime. And so I kind of got it that time. With, with Gase, I, I, I mean, I liked him in Miami. But, again, you know, it's like if you're not going to give these guys the pieces and, you know, you're not going to give them a chance to kind of have some ups and downs, um, you know, it's, you're just chasing your tail. And I think that's what the AFC East has been has been doing for a large part. If you, you just wonder if, you know, if they had just stuck with one guy, uh, you know, maybe they would have started to figure it out and get some results and, you know, really start to, you know, like Brady's been in the Patriots offense forever now. Imagine, you know, Ryan Tannehill being in the Adam Gates offense forever. I mean, it's like, you know, he might have really started to click. You never know. But uh, it's just people get impatient. Two years, three years, you, you don't win. You don't beat the Patriots. You're out. It's done. It's a wrap. And then and, until you get hired by the other franchise, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Because two the Bills, three years, the, you don't beat the Patriots. <laughs> now you can try it in Buffalo. Okay, two or three years, don't beat the Patriots. Now you move from Buffalo to Miami. Like I'm just waiting for Rex Ryan to be to be hired in some capacity in Miami at some point, so that they could really just you know, so they can really try to try to do this. I mean, honestly, the Dolphins are trying to do what the Jets did with Mangini back in 2007, right? You know, get the assistant and go up against him and start peeling guys away, like. It, yeah, it's well, it's almost to the point now where I feel like I'm watching WWE and I can pick out all the storylines, right? Like, you know, I can tell that this Becky Lynch thing is like them remaking the Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff back in the day. Like, all they're doing <laughs> is they're they're taking all these recipes and they're putting different ingredients in it. I know. Well, I, I I would just say if I was one of these AFC teams now, I mean, you know, yeah, Brady and Belichick, you're we're pretty sure are winding down. I, we don't know for sure, but we think they're winding down. So I mean, at this point. Just get a quarterback and a coach that you like and, and, and have them in place 
so that when we get to the point three years, four years down the road, when Tom Brady's not there anymore, you have a veteran quarterback in place who's been in the offense for a few years, and those are the teams that will be able to be competitive and, and potentially dethrone the Patriots. And, you know, if they just continue to recycle it and they got a rookie quarterback coming in again against Belichick, it's, it's going to be bad for them, and, you know, even after Brady. So I think they have to take advantage of that as much as they can. Talking with Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. Um, Draft-wise, no one ever really knows what the hell the Patriots are going to do during the draft. Um, but they do have a lot of draft capital this year. Um, are you expecting a lot of this draft capital to turn into future draft capital? Or do you think they like this draft, which is why they have so much draft capital, and they're going to be looking to uh, try to acquire as many players from it as possible? Because a lot of folks say that this is a deep draft for those yeah. folks that say those things. Well, I think you got to always uh, – it's a balance, you know, because you overdraft, you're going to end up cutting draft picks. And, uh, and, and you know, so you, you want to try to get the guys and the spots that you kind of need uh, without necessarily having to draft for need. Uh, so, I mean, I hope that they – um, you know, really, I think you got to look at the wide receiver position. You got to look at the tight end position. You definitely got to look at the, the defensive tackle position. Um, but you know, outside of those immediate kind of needs, they're you know they're in pretty good shape overall. I mean, and, and of course, you know, it goes without saying, we're always going to be on the search for the next you know quarterback. And I think you, you take a shot at, at at anybody at any point, be a free agent, on anybody that can come in get some tutelage under Tom Brady, but. Uh, you know, they just they don't have a ton of needs. I mean, I think left tackle would definitely be something to consider if uh, Brown walks and they don't really make, you know, a, a replacement signing. Um, but, you know, I've, I've just kind of scratched the surface on these draft picks so far. And, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys in the defensive front seven to, to like. And I think that's a good spot, uh, especially if, uh, of course, Flowers does walk. So uh, it's always, but of course, it's always interesting. Patriots, they move up and down the board, and you know, before you know it, they've got seven picks this year, and they got seven picks next year again, and it's just like the the, the beat goes on. Talking with Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com. Isaiah Wynn uh, sliding in, you know, we talk about that. You know, it, it, we talk about all these guys, and you know, they lost, you know, a few guys to injury last year, and then. You know the market's going to be different this year. You know you may get a, a Malcolm Brown or a or a or a Danny Shelton back, depending on what the market offers. I mean, Malik Jackson just signed for three years, ten million dollars in Philly. You know, if that's kind of your top contract for your for your trench guy, then you know that seems to be in a, a Patriot sort of wheelhouse for different things. So, you know, the, some of this band could get back together. I. I I'm just going to be real interested in the in the shape that they take with this. Are they going to draft a quarterback? You know. Are we going to see Tom Brady sign an extension? And if he does sign an extension, is it going to be an extension that allows the Patriots to free up a little bit of money to get him some help and uh, some more weapons? I mean, right now it seems to me like the Patriots kind of have to be the ultimate win-now team because with Brady, maybe you've got two or three years left. Hell, maybe you've only got a year left because you don't really know. We're... You know, Tom Brady is, you know, like that. Remember that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer kept driving the car until it went empty? Like, we don't know when that thing's going to run out of gas. We don't know. Oh, he's going to say we I'm have done. No, that milk has been on the counter for a while, but damn it, it still smells <laughs> yeah. good. You know? Okay. Like, we don't know. I know. Well, I mean, it could happen any game, you know? It could happen in week one, you know? It's, it's, uh, you do never know. Uh, I mean, I think the big piece of it is just, you know, wide receiver is such a position that's connected with Tom Brady and his success. Uh, and it's obviously one of the headline positions in the game. So that's what makes this, uh, you know, 
the, the upper level of this offseason is so interesting is that, you know, you, you really do need to give him some guys. And, and I mean, look, they haven't, it's not like they haven't been aggressive either. I mean, you look at everything they threw at the wall last summer. I mean, I know it didn't really work out with most of them. Um, but, you know, you consider, I mean, Jordan Matthews of the world, the, uh, the Kenny Britts. I mean, just, you know, these guys, not to say that any of them is particularly the answer, but they're, you know, they're, they have been active. It just has been, I mean, Malcolm Mitchell, what a, you know, that guy looked like he was going to be, you know, a guy that could bridge and help, you know, really play the outside with Edelman and, and really wish he still was right now. Um, you know, so they, they've had some bad luck at that spot. So uh, I agree. I mean, you're lucky you've got James White, Tony Michelle. I mean, those guys, and i got to say James Tubblinto as well. I mean, you know, with the offensive line that's been in place. So you know you have a good core. You just kind of need to uh, spruce up the offense a little bit. And make sure that you continue to let Dante Scarnacchia come back year oh, after baby. year yeah, after no, exactly. year. For after sure. year after year after year. Like Dante Scarnacchia like is is the guy that is the straw that stirs that drink in that situation. I mean, Whew. if you really look at what the Patriots have done, it's really amazing. Like they've gone through and they've kept Brady now since, you know, 2001, okay? And you see the Giants have tried to do it a little bit with Eli Manning, right? They they tried to do the yep. same thing last year. They got Saquon Barkley. They, they picked up Nate Solder as a free agent, and they're going to protect Eli Manning, and they're going to get the rest of what they can out of him. The problem is you don't know how much is really left in Eli Manning. With Brady, you know kind of what's left. I mean, he had some plays last year that were just like, dude, what the hell? But at the same time, if he's still able to go out and spend time with his family and not have to show up at every single OTA, and is able to keep doing this till he's 45. What if he's feeling good at 45 and he decides he wants to go till 50? I mean, do the Patriots get awkward at that point? And say, listen, Tommy, we're going to need you to go. I mean, I don't think so. Bob Kraft's going to be involved. But what if Bob's not with the team then? What if Jonathan's with the team then? What if the? I mean, this could, we, we keep thinking this is going to be like a two-month thing. This could be four to eight years still. Like, this could be, this could be. And if you're another team in the National Football League, right? Which one is going to say, you know what? Let's sign forty-five-year-old Tom Brady and just see what happens. We'll build it around him, right? Like, oh, they'd line up. They, uh, they, maybe, maybe one of them would. Maybe you know, maybe the 49ers are coming off of their seventh, you know, under five hundred year because you know they they don't pay attention to the trenches. The and Vegas Raiders, the Vegas Raiders would love Tom. I mean, oh, one yeah. year it's forty-six-year-old Tom Brady. Forget it. They would pack that place every Vin, game. Well, what was Vince Evans was playing until he was forty-six, I think, yeah. or something like that. I mean, it's doable. I mean. I don't know. It's just this is so crazy, and we still look. We still don't even know if Gronk's coming back next year, right? Yeah, like we don't, we don't know about that. Um, I feel good about it, though. I feel good about Gronk right yeah. now. Just the reports of him being around, and you know, there was some of that underlying tension. Uh, you know, last offseason, every week it was like, oh, by the way, Brady and Gronk hated you know Alex Guerrero's friend and blah blah. You know, like, <laughs> what? What is that? Like, what are we dropping out? <laughs> Uh, you know, there's none of that this year, so I don't know. I'm feeling kind of, kind of a little bit optimistic, and I wasn't optimistic. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have uh, begrudged Gronk if he walked away, uh, but I don't know. He might be back. Look, if and, and you look at it the way right now. Look at look at some of the the things that'll be that'll be happening next year. Okay, Sony Michelle's going to have a full off season where he didn't have to rehab from knee injury. Okay, and. If he can stay healthy during training camp next year, he's going to be. I would. I would assume that Sony Michelle is probably going to get over that thousand yard mark next year, at least. Okay, and if this team is going to continue to be built on on defense and the run game, with you know Tom Brady still being able to be there and you know do what he you know be the most high end game manager in the history of time, while still being able to 
break out as needed in shootout games against teams like Mahomes, stuff like that. But really, the the best you know the best solution for this team instead of them going running and gunning is to control the pace with their running game and their and their defense. And I think you know it's it's amazing how uh, Belichick has brought it back to fundamentals, yeah. right? Like we thought. Back to 2001 Remember, again. Chiefs Rams was was that was the new NFL man. It was 54 51, and and we were just we were living in that world. That was it was you were playing uh, Madden 95 on Sega Genesis with your friends, and whoever had the ball last was winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that, that's oh, yeah. that's what everybody thought it was, and instead the final of the Super Bowl was 13 to three, and one of those teams that scored 50 points was held to three points by a team that had lost to Detroit and Miami, and Tennessee earlier in the season. I mean, football is, uh, you know, a sport that's constantly <laughs> evolving, and that's you get so many light defenses back. You know, you're starting to play that more. You're playing these passing offenses. When all of a sudden the Patriots drop Sony Michelle, they've got James Devlin. Uh, their offensive line is, you know, very well-versed in the run game. You look at Shaq Mason playing, you know, playing college in like a run-first, run, run-only offense. Uh, it's it, it, you know, it's, it's just how you draw it up to protect Brady, to have an effective run game. I think the thing that, that's going to stand in the way of Bra- how long Brady goes, probably, unfortunately, how long Edelman goes. You know, it's like, or, or can they find a replacement Edelman? Because, I mean, he's up there, too. And as soon as he starts to dip, I mean, we've seen what the Patriots offense looked like without Edelman. Danny Amendola stepped up last year. You know, Edelman came back and hasn't lost a step. So I think that's really where Brady's fate is kind of tied, and that's why this offseason is interesting, especially. you got to find, you know, those next guys that can get open like Edelman and make those clutch catches. Well, and Edelman also has to, you know, he also has to have a good year this year. I mean, he has to kind of stay on point because this is the thing with the Patriots. When these guys get to a certain age, I mean, they're looking for the very first slip, the very first crack to be like, listen, you're, you're, this is it. You know, the stats are, I mean, to me, the Patriots are kind of the ultimate money ball team to start off with everything. You know what I mean? Like they figure out how much you're worth. And as soon as they don't think you're worth that much, they're moving on. You know, they may, they might find you with somebody else who is. And, you know, Brady's lived through that before, but I feel like him and Edelman kind of are are tied in together now. I think him and Gronk are tied in together now. And, you know, this 2019 season, you know, there's a lot of money to be paid on the books uh, to those guys. And I think their contracts expire after this year as well. And, you know, there's, this is, you know, the, the I don't know. It could be the last ride or they could just keep bringing it and rolling it back each year. I really I really don't know what's going to happen. But this offseason is pivotal in, in trying to figure out and, and figure out the, the harbinger of moves to come. Well, it's all gravy at this point, though, isn't it? Six Super Bowls. Yeah. It's like, what are we, what are we fretting? About? I just want the seventh. I want the seventh <laughs> yeah. because, no, yeah. Mike, yeah. no one's ever going to get to it. No one. Once you hit seven on this, that's it. Nobody's going to get yeah. to it. Nobody yeah. is is, is going to. You know, I just, I, I think now is, and you keep seeing in all these players' social media, they all keep talking about getting number seven, getting number seven, getting number seven. I think they know. You know, you can, at the end of the day, you can be the 72 Dolphins and be remembered forever. You can be the 85 Bears and be remembered forever. You know, you can be those, those 49er teams that won and the Giants won Super Bowl 25. I mean, there are certain teams that are always remembered as, as, as big Super Bowl winners. But when you're a franchise and you've won all seven and you've won all seven in an era where it's set up so that you do not win, all seven, um, and and don't go to don't go to the Super Bowl every freaking year. Yet here they are doing their thing and, and really bucking that trend. I think a lot of these guys kind of have a grasp on that history. I think they appreciate it. So I think they may run it back as much as possible this year for for one more, and then 
from there, you know, I don't I don't know what happens after that, but I'm not going to bet against them. But I, I think this year is I, I don't think anybody else in the division is going to be any better this year. I really don't. I just I don't. I, I think the Patriots can pretty much show up this year and, and go 10 and six and win the division. Oh, you get me fired up. You get, I can't do this. You can't do this to me in the middle of March. I'm like, <laughs> it's the legal tampering ah, period. Come on now. You know? Number seven. I'm like, I didn't even know I wanted number seven until you started that rant. And then I'm like, I'm in. I'm all in. I want, I, let's go. I need number seven now. You know what I mean? Because honestly, we should be on number 10. Okay? Like, straight up. Like, it's just. Go. So, yeah. As long as we don't play anyone from the NFC East this year, I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> Mike Duso, Pat's Propaganda. You can find him on Twitter. You can find him online, patspropaganda.com. Mike, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care, Mike. That's Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com. You know, one of the things that I I didn't have the name, so I really didn't start the discussion, but I've read they've got four or five guys that were top-of-the-line draft picks that didn't play last year because they were injured. Uh, Dietrich Wise and et cetera, et cetera. And... I, I think they got a whole ready-made group ready to come back in. I really do. Plus, you bring the band back together, you know, the Bennetts and mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. What's What are we going to do with McCourty? Jason, is he, they going to bring him back? Is, what's the? I can't imagine he's going to want to go somewhere else. Why would he? Other when, than retire. When, yeah, unless you're going to retire, which I don't think he's doing because I know no. Devin McCourty's not retiring. No, no Devin's hanging, so... I, well I hang with your brother, right? I agree with the, the, the feeling of we want number seven. I've seen it all over the place, and I don't remember that. I don't remember them outwardly saying we want number five, we want number six. So could get a mentality going here. Want seven. More on the way. Fourth quarter of the Beelis Daily Spectrum Healthcare Partners Studios across the NBR Radio Network. <laughs> 